Changed by Love is the teaching ministry of Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel, Morris Hills, located in Dover, New Jersey. Our desire is to teach the Word of God with passion and simplicity, as well as a direct application for our lives. With that in mind... Jesus' first words in the Gospel of Mark, repent, turn to God, and believe in the Gospel. Believe that Jesus lived the perfect life you couldn't live in your place, and he died a sinner's death, took the penalty for your sin in your place, and to prove it was satisfactory, God rose him from the dead, ascended him to heaven, and he's seated at the right hand of God. And you say, well, I am a Christian. I understand they have to repent and believe in the Gospel. What do I have to do? You have to repent and believe in the Gospel. You have to turn to God and say, you know what, these ideologies have these things, these thoughts have defined who I am, and I am not that person. I have to believe that the gospel made me a different person. Our lives can feel like a battle, and the battle of the mind is particularly fierce. Today, Pastor Jim shares the Apostle Paul's warning of the church succumbing to a have-it-your-way form of Christianity. With that in mind, here's Pastor Jim in the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 10 with part three of his message entitled, Fighting the Greatest Battle. So the Apostle Paul admits that he's human, that he needs divine weapons to fight the fight, the power of the Spirit to fight and to win. Now again, I said earlier, I have the advantage of studying this whole book so I can, it's a little easier for me to put some pieces of a puzzle together a little bit in this, in, he's very emotional in this part of the book in particular. And he says in chapter 12, verse 10, many of you have heard this verse, when I'm weak, then I am strong. Now, a lot of us are like, well, I'm weak. I guess I'm strong. You know how that goes. Not very convincing, is it? But if we take that and we combine it with this, we might come up with something like this. When I am weak in my walk, in how I live, I fight spiritually strong. So when, I, when something seems to have a grip on me and I'm weak as I'm living, I'm going to fight against it spiritually strong. So this is where we have to get it, where the context is king here. What is he fighting for? The hearts and minds of the people of God. That's what he's fighting for. He's calling them to what? Come back to him. Symbolic of come back to the Word of God because he is the writer of the Word of God. Who's the enemy? Don't answer too quickly. While a lot of people have taught us that the enemy in this passage is the devil, although it might be demonically inspired, the devil is the teaching that has come in to the Corinthian church. That's the enemy. That's what he is trying to undo. Undo the bad teaching, get them into the good teaching. That's what he's trying to do. So we can't make the Bible say less than it says, but we can't make it say more than it says. So we're going to see in a little bit, what are those things? Well, they're not habits. They're not habits. It's the human ideas. It's the wrong thinking that are contrary to the word of God. But notice this, notice this, 
We are not passive in the war. We are on the offensive. Because notice he says, our weapons, our warfare are not carnal, not fleshly, not human, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. So who's pulling down the stronghold? The Christian. The Christian. Notice here, we're on the attack, not the evil spirits. The ideas are popping into their heads. The ideas are popping into our heads. The false teaching is coming into our heads. And God's like, you need to go on the offensive. You need to go on the offensive when that happens. Fight against it. And he says that we're pulling down strongholds. Now, what's a stronghold? Tremendous illustration for people in this time they're living. They knew in the ancient world, unless you had a really small army against a great city, they knew that the person attacking the city was at a great advantage. You could have the element of surprise. You could starve them out. You're going after them. You're coming from all around. Maybe you have spies. You know the weak point of entry. And so Paul's saying, we are the Christians. We are on the offensive. Now you say, well, what about this stronghold? In a city, they would come and there would be a wall. And so when the wall would come down, some of the leaders and the prisoners and stuff like that, they would go to the stronghold, which would be this big tower. Now, the Apostle Paul, he's a Bible writer, but he's also a Bible reader, is borrowing this from Proverbs 21, 22. That says, a wise man scales the city of the mighty and brings down the trusted stronghold. So if you tackle the city, the wall comes down, you go to the stronghold where the leader is, and you take it down, it's what? It's game over. It's battle over. So how do we fight? Now, other places in the Bible, there's other places we fight. We see it all over the Bible. But again, let's try to stay within the confines of the Corinthian letters. What are the, and I'm not, those of you Bible readers, I know in Ephesians, some of the stuff that's there, but let's stay in the confine of the Corinthian letters, first and second. What are the divine weapons? The truth of the gospel, the word of the cross, and the knowledge of God. Those are basically the three weapons that he's talking about. The truth of the gospel. Jesus died for you. You are now, if you've trusted him, you're now an heir to the throne. The word of the cross and the knowledge of God. What is the stronghold that needs to be torn down here? The compromising, self-defining, worldly values that have come into the Corinthian church and into our minds that rob us of our identity as children of God. That's the stronghold he's talking about attacking. He's talking about attacking false teaching, false things that have come into their church, false things that come into our mind if we're going to use it as a personal application. Now, in 1 Corinthians, he talked about something we did study that a few years ago, and we called a way of thinking about as the Christian life. It's been around for long time, called already not yet, meaning that followers of Jesus already have some of the benefits of the kingdom of God. We already have some, but we don't have it all yet. Maybe you're in someone's will, their last will and testament, and you know that you know, they're going to leave you some money, and maybe they took you on a vacation or something like that. And they're like, I'm going to leave you all my money anyway, so why don't we just have a vacation together and enjoy some of it? You have some of their wealth already, but not all of their wealth just yet. 
Now, as Christians, we need to keep attention in that. Attention are not opposites. They're things that work together so we have a good understanding of our life here on earth as Christians. If you're only thinking of heaven in the future, or you only think of salvation as only the future, I'm just biding my time here until I get to heaven. Can't wait to die. Can't wait till this mess is over. Well, everything on earth is what? Lousy. How you doing? Oh, man, awful. You're like, oh, I want to be Christian like you, bro. That really looks good. <laughs> Everything's lousy. That creates miserable, miserable Christians. Yeah, I got the joy of the Lord. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Terrible. That's how you get all these people with conspiracy theories. Everything is the end. Setting dates. Dates come, dates go. Oh, I read the passage incorrectly. I had a bad Hebrew translation, I had a bad Greek translation, so I'm, I'm going to do it a little bit better. Now I got a new date by my book. <laughs> but the Corinthian church, that's not what they are. They're the opposite extreme. For them, it's, they're not living in the land of not yet. They're living in the land of already here. So they're claiming every blessing of God right here and right now. I don't know about you, but if heaven is like this place, I'm going to be severely disappointed. <laughs> Everything's a victory, a victory. But that's not life, is it? A lot of people say, well, you should get what you want. You can live however you want. It doesn't matter. We're free. Free to sin? Are you kidding me? Oh, Jesus will forgive all of our sins anyway. What's the difference? It's a big difference. Or other people, just be a good person. Just be as good as you can until you get to heaven and everything should be fine. Neither teach the joy of the presence of God. Neither teach the joy of the cross-centered life. Gospel comes along and says, because of the cross of Jesus Christ, you are free from the penalty of sin. If you're here and you're not a Christian for no other reason, man, that's a great reason to become a Christian. Because Jesus took the punishment of the penalty for your sin on the cross and will apply it to you if you're willing to turn to him and put your trust in him. Not only is a Christian free from the penalty because Jesus took us from us, we're also free from the power to sin. We don't have to anymore. That's why there's that war that goes on within you because you don't want to do it, but you do it. You say, I, I can't be a Christian. I didn't want to do it, but I did it. No, that's why you are a Christian because <laughs> you felt bad. But until we get to heaven, we get to heaven, we'll be free from the presence of sin. Hallelujah. But until we get there, we have to fight the presence of sin in our lives. And where does so much of that battle us? Right in our mind. Who's the leader? The Holy Spirit. What's our strategy? The gospel. And what's our weapons? The word of God. You say, okay, that's great. How do we get the strongholds pulled down? Verse 4, I want to read it again. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. Verse 5, casting down, some of your versions say destroy or others say demolish, arguments. So what are the stronghold? Arguments. It's not the devil. It's arguments. Okay? Casting down arguments. We might say thoughts and plans, things that are not right. We'll see that in a second. And every high thing, another version says, every lofty opinion that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Now, everything that is not what God said, 
Everything that's against what God said. Sometimes it's just rebellion. Do you ever live like an unbelieving believer? We're all like that. We're all like that. And so what do we got to do? We got to go on the offensive with the word of the Lord in our lives. He says, everything we're tearing down, we're destroying, we're casting down everything that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. And how do we do that? Bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. So the thoughts come in, you're going to say, wait a minute, that's not true. That's not true. Ah, you're a piece of garbage. God doesn't love you. He doesn't care about you. No, 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 no. That's wrong. That's not true. Remember, preach to ourselves more than we listen to ourselves. No, no, I know who I am. Some of your versions say to obey Christ. Verse 6, and being ready, this is talking about the Apostle Paul's next visit, but also we see it in the second coming of Jesus, to punish all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. So what is he saying? I'm pleading with you to obey the word of the Lord because I am coming, and when I come, I don't want you to be the people who are not obeying the word of the Lord. So here the Apostle Paul is saying that the ministry of the word of God is to liberate our minds. That's what it is. To set us free from the prison, set the prisoners free from wrong belief, wrong teaching, wrong ideas in our head, things that are contrary to God. Notice the language. The word of God is aggressively out to destroy those arguments, to destroy the false teaching, to destroy the false thinking that comes into our heads, that dwells in our heads, that seems to have made a camp and an outpost in our heads, that's constantly there. So clearly the mind is the battlefield. It's not between some evil spirit and you. That just sells books. In fact, that kind of teaching is the very thing that the Apostle Paul is against because that kind of stuff is against the knowledge of God that's found in the Word of God. That is against that kind of thinking that is found in the Word that gives you your identity. Ladies, girls if you prefer, you are a princess. And sometimes you need to tell yourself that. Notice I didn't say act like a princess. <laughs> sometimes you need to tell yourself that you're a princess of the king. Men, sometimes we need to tell ourselves that we're princes. And certain of our thinking, certain of our actions are simply unbecoming to a man and a woman of God to heirs to a throne. Now, I know what I'm about to say hurts. For you, you're all lucky how late it's becoming. So I can't spend here too long. They all, everybody looks at their watches and their cell phones. Some of the young people are like, what's a watch? <laughs> all right, come back, everybody. Listen, some of us build the walls ourselves, don't we? But some of you, and I know this, and I'm not, I don't want to be cavalier and insensitive this. Some of you, the walls are past hurts. But we have to be very much aware that those past hurts, those walls of past hurt, we have not erected a stronghold inside the city. 
Because sometimes some of those things, instead of Jesus defining us, some of those things define us. And we have to fight. We are not passive in this. We have to fight to tear that down, to tear down the towers of resistance that we have in our own lives that is keeping us from what the Lord wants us to be or what the Lord has for us or just the sensing of the Lord's love in our lives. Sometimes those towers of resistance is we want things our way. And the Lord says no. So we gladly embrace false teaching that says we can have it. If we just have enough faith, sometimes we, we just deny the existence of the Lord by the way we live. Or sometimes we deny his power by just saying, you know what? I am okay with that stronghold over there. I'm just going to let it stay. I'm just, I'm just not going to fight this with the Lord. Sometimes we embrace the American gospel. It's all about self-improvement. Nothing wrong with self-improvement, but it's all about self-fulfillment. It's all about self, self, self. And a Christianity that just throws a little bit of Jesus in, just enough to call it Christianity, but not too much Jesus, not too much trust, not too much dependence, not too much Bible, not this calling us to bow down before the will of the king. But that's what Jesus wants for you. Jesus wants us all to be the prodigals that return because we have cast down the ideas, the tower of our own ideas that led us to living with the pigs, and we've decided to follow hard after the Lord. This is not thinking happy thoughts. (laughs) Just think happy thoughts. Okay, fine. Or sometimes people say, just forgive and forget. Some of you have had such horrible things done to you. You will never forget, and that's okay. That's okay. But you have to battle those things with your identity in Jesus Christ. Those things are not who you are. You, again, are a child of the king. And fight those things. Fight those things and fight those things. And know that God fights with you. The conquering king wants us to obey him with his power. And you know one of the ways you can find out that the power of God is real is that many of the people that King Jesus conquers, I'm talking about myself now, many of those people that King Jesus conquers were once the most rebellious ones to his throne. And a lot of you know what I'm talking about. And now because of the king's love, you love the king. The proof of his ministry was not the size of the crowd, was not how big the building was, was not how much money they took in. It was the transformation of the people by the word of God. And transformed people seem to be in shorter and shorter supply each year because repentance is something that so few people are talking about. Worship is just music. The word of God is in decline, and certainly obedience to it is in our churches. And the Apostle Paul says that needs to change before the Lord returns. What is that the result of? It's a result to high things that exalt itself against the knowledge of God. And the future for them in verse 6 is not good. It says that he will punish all disobedience a warning before judgment comes. You know, 
I love something that the Bible says a lot about the Lord in the Old Testament. It says that the Lord is slow to anger. But that doesn't mean he winks at sin. He warns, and that warning requires a response. If you're not a follower of Jesus, he warns. He says Jesus' first words in the Gospel of Mark, repent, turn to God, and believe in the gospel. Believe that Jesus lived the perfect life you couldn't live in your place, and he died a sinner's death, took the penalty for your sin in your place, and to prove it was satisfactory, God rose him from the dead, ascended him to heaven, and he's seated at the right hand of God. And you say, well, I am a Christian. I understand they have to repent and believe in the gospel. What do I have to do? You have to repent and believe in the gospel. You have to turn to God and say, you know what, these ideologies have these things, these thoughts have defined who I am, and I am not that person. I have to believe that the gospel made me a different person. Jesus wants you to come to him. 2 Peter 3.9, the apostle Peter said, the Lord is not slack, not slow concerning his promises, as some count slackness. A lot of people are like, well, he said he's coming back when he's coming, but he tells us why. He is long-suffering towards us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. The solution for the Corinthian church is a return to repentance. It's a return to worship. It's a return to living out the word of God. It's a return to an identity in Jesus Christ. And it is a return to preaching in our churches that focuses on the claims of Jesus Christ and the saving power of the cross of Christ and the word of God. Friends, the Lord is not out to destroy you. You ever meet somebody like, oh, the Lord wants to kill me. He's out to destroy me. No, the Lord is out to destroy the foolish ideas in our heads. The Lord is out to destroy the rebellious unbelief. The Lord is out to destroy the false teaching inside of our minds so we can experience the fullness of him. The Lord, his goal is not just for you to grasp the word of God, but the word of God to grasp you as we all together fight the battle in and for our souls. And the reason it's likened to a battle is because it's not easy. Don't look at the person next to you and think, oh, it's easy for them, but it's not for you. That's not true at all. It's a war, but it's a war we can win as we walk in obedience to Christ, which is often equated with salvation because obedience is one of the things that authenticates it is an evidence of salvation. You say, well, what if I fail? You will, <laughs> miserably at times. But the beauty of the cross is those who trust in Jesus, those who walk with him, can be confident that he took the punishment for our sins on the cross and that he won when he rose from the dead. And that's how we know we will win. Today, friends, I hope and pray that you will join me in something, that you will decide to let someone fight these battles with you and for you. I hope that you will decide to let Jesus Christ be your leader. He beat the battle of sin and death. And I'm not minimizing it, but honestly, compared to sin and death, don't you think that he can beat the battle in our minds? 
don't you think that what is for us our greatest battle is something that if we will put our trust in him, feed on the word of God, he will gladly, gladly begin to heal our hearts and to heal our souls. Thank you for listening to Change by Love, the teaching ministry of Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel Morris Hills in Dover, New Jersey. Our desire here at Changed by Love is simply to bring you the life-changing message of Jesus Christ by teaching you the Bible in a simple, easy-to-follow way. With that being said, we try to put our messages into as many people's hands as possible for a very low cost and often free of charge to anyone who contacts us. Did you know that all of our messages can be found for free on our website? ChangedByLoveRadio.com That's ChangedByLoveRadio.com Please check out our website and hit the Contact Us button to tell us something about yourself or to request a CD copy of a message. Here at Changed by Love, we depend on the grace of God as well as the generosity and prayers of our loyal listeners. So thank you to all of you who are prayerfully and financially supporting our program. We would love to hear from you and pray that you drop us a card or a letter to Changed by Love, 158 West Clinton Street, Dover, New Jersey. And don't forget to contact our friends at this radio station and tell them you are being blessed by Changed by Love. It would be a great encouragement to them. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope you'll make plans to join us again next time, right here on this station, for more practical Bible teaching through God's Word with Pastor Jim Kevney, passionately proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ to a world that needs to hear.